You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chest Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host on this personal development, personal growth podcast. Listen, if this is your first time, I just want to welcome you. If this is your second, third, or 157th time tuning back in, thank you for giving me your listening ear. It means a lot to me. It means a lot that you're here, that you're paying attention, that you're giving me your time, something that you'll never get back. It just means a lot to me, so thank you in advance. And look, if this is a podcast you derive any value from, please, please don't hesitate to share it on social media, on your Instagram stories, whatever. Help to generate more awareness of the podcast and uh, and really just bring more value to more people. So again, thank you in advance for that as well. Listen, I'm joined today by a good buddy of mine, Ian Solano. He's a great dude. I just wanted I just want him to tell you a little bit about him and before I go off and, and butcher what he's about because <laughs> he can tell you a lot better than I can. So Ian, what's up, brother? How's it going? Mate, I've been waiting for this moment for a very long time. Awesome. Um I've I've known you for as long as um, I've been here. So for those who don't know me, my name's Ian Solano. I'm uh, originally from England. Uh, I moved here actually it was 5 years ago last week um that i moved here to the day and i met justin pretty much within my first couple of days of uh, being here because um because jim you know how it works out and i think i actually uh, met you um when i was visiting the first time before i actually made it over um i trained a couple of times at fitness 19 and you were there and um you know we, we had a mutual friend <laughs> yeah we did so uh yeah i'm um uh, a DJ and a producer. I um, write uplifting, um, like 138 BPM uh, trance music. You can check out all my socials. We'll go into that a bit later. But uh, that's my thing. I love it, man. You know, at first glance, I never would have thought that you were that you were engaged in what you're engaged in. Like I, I never thought that that's what your title was, producer. You know, I mean. <laughs> I know you did some filming on the side, some photography. In fact, we uh, we did a little little short video together. We filmed at the gym a while back, and we took some clips and everything. and And you did some stuff for the gym for Fitness Nineteen. That's right. Um, uh, and you got really good work, man. You Thank got really you. good work. Yeah. It's uh, it's taken a minute to uh, like everything, you know. Um, I don't feel like I'm um, immediately good at anything. But um, like we've discussed in the past, I'm very, uh, um, what's the word? I've got, I'm drawing a blank now because you're staring at me with headphones on. <laughs> it's usually me staring at other people with my headphones on. Um, I'm very uh, into everything that I do. So whenever I do it, I do it with 100% passion. Um, so if I'm going to do anything, I make sure that I'm really good at it. If I'm flipping burgers, cleaning toilets, whatever it is, I'll be the best toilet seat cleaner you've ever seen just because I like to value myself and my work. Yeah, I wish I could say the same about myself, man, because back before I found stuff that I actually gave a shit about, I didn't give a shit about doing the things that I did do. You know, I mean, I wasn't I didn't really have that type of 
self. Um, I didn't have that grading skill yet. I adopted the grading skill when I, I guess when I got much older and I started to compete in bodybuilding, mm. then it was everything I graded. I graded the way that obviously I looked. I graded the way I trained. I graded how disciplined I was for the day, every day. I mean, everything mattered to me and it was all on a grading scale. And, and if I'm honest, I never gave myself an A ever. I've never attained an A ever. It's always been maybe passing or failing most of the time. And that's, you know, people will tell you, well, it's because you're a hard critic and don't be such a hard critic. It's like, look, I don't know how else to be. And I think that if you're anything less than that, you're always going to be mediocre your entire life. Well, of course, you're going to end up being comfortable. And like the old saying, and I'm full of them, so you'll probably hear a few in this uh, chat we're going to have, but uh, nothing ever grew in a comfort zone. So the, the minute that you give yourself that A, you know, where does it go from there? You've already set the, the standard and the bar as high as it possibly can go. There's a ceiling and you've reached it. So giving yourself at best a B plus or an A minus, you know, is a good thing. Not to some people. Some people would be like, that's too hard. You're too hard on yourself. And because of that, you're, you constantly beat yourself up. And because of that, you can never really, you know, see the full, the full scale potential of who you actually are. And I argue with them. And I say, I think you're wrong. And I think you're wrong because it's only the people that are hard on themselves that get anywhere in life, that do anything of, of magnitude. Mm. And if you're the opposite, I think you're going to be a fucking Nancy your entire life and you're not going to do anything of measurable magnitude. And yeah. I use those two words often together because they're, to me, they're synonymous. Like anything of measure is anything that's of magnitude to me. And so I only want to take part in things that I know that, will attain that and the things that I start I don't know what they're going to be but the things that I do start I have a passion for and I actually love doing them and they require little to no effort on my end apart from what I like the way that I I give it clearly there's effort involved but I don't see it as effort I just see it as I'm giving my attention to this because it's something that I like to do Hmm. so why would I do anything else when I don't like to do that as much as I like to do this. It's not going to feel like work, is it? No. Right. And it's, but at the same time, I don't, I, I still grade myself very, very, very ruthlessly in the process, but I don't see there any other option. I, I don't understand people that don't do that. You know, I, I'm not okay with being okay. I want to be the best that I can be. And I know that's cliche to say, and I understand that there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a journey encompassed around the actual growth of who you are, what you're going to become. But it doesn't mean that I don't still grade myself in the interim every single day. And even if I give myself a failing grade or a barely passing grade, I still stick in the, I'm still sticking in the game. I'm not going to, I'm not going to opt out just because I'm feeling bad about what I did that day or I didn't live up to my potential. Look, my fucking C is some people's A plus plus. Exactly. And so, but anyways, I mean, how do you, how do you navigate that? Because in, in your life, like 
I mean, we can get into a lot of the things that we will too, but um, <laughs> there's just producing itself, like being a DJ and being a producer and being encompassed in editing. You know, I mean, that, that can be, I, I mean, I've roughly tried to edit my own stuff and I, I really can't. So my engineer does that for me, but, um, <laughs> well, there's no, there's no shame in that. Yeah. You do the things you're good at, dude. And you're, I mean, you're good at talking and somebody else is good at the editing, you know, and that's what people need. That's why successful people don't do it all on their own. They have a team in the final stages or the latter phases. They, everybody has a team because it's more time efficient and some people are better at doing things that you're not. So why not bring that other person in to, uh, to help out? Because then you're going to be a better brand in that case. Yeah. Well, how do you navigate being a better producer, being a better DJ? You know, what are, what are some things that keep you going with that? Because I would imagine that it's kind of like um, a free agent kind of situation, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so how do you how do you put yourself out there, and what what are the things that really are attached to that? Like, what makes that up? Because I've always been in in, in once I found out that you were a producer mm. and a DJ, which I had no idea of until I did some research. Um, and when I mean when I say research, I mean you check your Instagram 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 bio. <laughs> it's like, but you never dispense with that. You know, we, we've had a lot of bro talks and you've never dispensed with that, you know? I mean, I don't, like, okay, so I've had this conversation with a few people and if I start going out there, yeah, hi, like I introduce myself. The only reason I introduce myself as Ian Solano, the, I'm a DJ and a producer is because you asked me and that's what my title is in this room right now and generally. But if I just meet some Joe off the street and, you know, we're just getting to know each other, um, I won't go, oh, by the way, I'm on Spotify. I'm a, a verified artist. I've had um, some huge success with tracks. I used to be a, um, a touring and a professional DJ back home. I've traveled the world, you know, because it makes you look like a cock. And I don't want to come across as an arrogant asshole. I want people to, to discover it because then it allows you to have some form of mystery about you. And they're like, oh, you know, because they don't, they want to seem like some, you, you know, you're, you're interesting without being arrogant. Now, if somebody asks me about it, I'll tell them, but I'll be very humble about it. Oh, you know, some people will take the piss and they go, oh yeah, you on Spotify, are you? And I'm like, um, yeah, I am actually. So if you put in Ian S-O, and I'll spell it out for him because they'll spell it with an A. Um, and they're like, holy shit. And just like your reaction was, they're, they're so surprised that that's who I am because I don't wear a badge that says, hi, my name's Ian Solano. I'm a DJ and a producer from England. Well, there's power in being humble. There there's, is so much power in being humble. There's power in hiding certain things. Yeah. And not everybody needs to know what's in your closet. Mm -mm. There are certain things that, like, look, <clears throat> this podcast is centered around authenticity. It's centered around hopefully the discovery of what you are implicitly in the, you know, and I'm sorry, what you are innately. So that to me is very important to be transparent, but there are things that I'm not going to be transparent on the podcast about because they're personal and I don't want everybody to know and they don't certain need to things know. about exactly, they don't need to know. but 
with that being said, I think that the more you leave, like you're saying mystery, that's, there's so much, there's power in being mysterious. You leave a little bit on the table for people to figure out on their own. Mm. And then it makes you so much more, I don't want to use the word grandiose, but grandiose, especially if you have some acclaim to your name. Mm. But here's the thing also, there's nothing to expect from you. Like if you go into a conversation with somebody knowing that they are this, that, and the other, there's expectation on that other person's end of what they're going to receive from you. Yeah. What they're going to take from you. Like if somebody's a car salesman and I'm talking to them, they let me know I'm expecting them to sell me a car out, out in the parking lot by lunchtime, just because that's the sort of pe- people that they are. They like to like, uh, okay, I'm not going to say that, but anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> say I, it. I wanted to be, try- okay, like a vegan or a crossfitter. And there it that's is. That's how you know that they are a vegan or a crossfitter because they'll tell you. They're the worst. They're they the just, worst, They just man. say it. And it's like, why did you need to tell me that? I just asked you if you could tell me where the library is. And you said, I'm a vegan. Because they, they, <laughs> they, they think that they're as part of something so grand and, and, and special that they have to let everybody know that this is their tribe that they're associated with. And that's fine. You can be part of something and feel proud of it. But when you shove it down somebody's neck, it becomes annoying. It just makes me just want to walk away. It makes me want to just just piss off and not want to speak to you because that's all you're going to talk to me about. Mm-hmm. Why don't you let me ask you about it? Because, and this is, sorry, just going on a side tangent, is that lately people just wait for their turn to speak when you're having a conversation with them and it really pisses me off. It's like, if people would just listen to what the other person is saying to them, you might just learn something. But unfortunately, we're in a culture now just with instant gratification of um, whether it's text messages or emails or whatever it is that we're feeding our brains and our minds, they want it like yesterday. So they're waiting for them to give their information without listening to what the other person's got to say. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's that has been really kind of just unveiled during this time of the of the pandemic it's Mm. it's we're getting very vocal about things that don't need to be vocalized and everybody is a a professional everybody is a everybody is a is a specialist in whatever it is that they're that we're trying to kind of cure navigate the waters of and the the really realistically we're not we're 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 dumbasses we're just regurgitating information that we're hearing of different people talking about whatever it is that we're trying to you know per uh, uh we're trying to uh promulgate so i don't think that people are malicious by nature it's just this war that we're in it's just the left and the right war and that is going to dictate what, you know, if you're a left or a right, it's going to dictate how you live your life, what you believe in, how you raise your kids and all these things that never cause a, a, any kind of, dis, any kind of really division between any of us, you know, five, 10 years ago are now so prevalent and it's really saddening because it's just, we're, we're going down a, a we're going down a rabbit hole that 
really, we have no trail to get out of. Mm-mm. And that's just really, it's really disparaging to some degree, like to a major degree, you know, and when you can get around like-minded people, it's not in an effort to, to, you know, compile all your own, you know, ideologies and such together to where you feel like, well, we're, we're good together. We're an alliance. You know, it's not, that's not what it's about. It's about communicating and interacting, interfacing with people that, that are like-minded like yourself, but are, you can have a conversation with and disagree with things on and still be buds and be able to go out to dinner and do things and talk on the phone and not getting, you know, irate debates about such and such. And that's healthy. And there's nothing wrong with cutting your circle of friends down enough. Even if it's just one person in your life left, I'd rather have that one person that I can speak to and have a conversation about. And I don't have to agree with anything they say and vice versa. But as long as it's a healthy relationship, I'd rather just have that one person. But as soon as you're around all this negativity. Now, it, it took me a minute to uh, to learn this, but I got it and, and I've never felt freer because I do feel like I'm uh, in the clutches of everybody's negativity when that's all you hear. And you do become that certain percentage of everybody you hang out with. I don't care what anybody says. It's scientifically proven. And I guarantee if you were to just have some um, looked within and um, checked out your circle of friends and you saw how each of your relationships are, how do you feel when you're around such and such or the other person? You know, just just take some note about how you feel around each individual person. You know, do you feel sad? Do you feel angry? Do you feel tired? Or do you feel happy and elated and excited? Like around you, I love seeing you in the gym. You know, I don't need to see some uh, motivational Arnold Schwarzenegger video before I hit the, hit the weights. I just see you and it's just like that instant energy that I don't even have to speak a word to you. I just have to kind of just see you. And this is not me blowing smoke up your ass. This is how I genuinely feel and my transparency to you. Whereas if I see other people, I'm like, fuck me, can I go home? I'm doing everything I can to pull my mask up higher, turn my music up louder, so I can block out that negativity that that person's about to put on me. And sometimes they're not even aware of it. It's just because they're talking utter bollocks to me or they're gossiping or, you know, they're just so negative about, oh, you know, I used to be better than this or I've been bigger than this and blah, 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 whatever. Um, I can't all this listen to you. I'd rather go and look in Justin's eyes and <laughs> and grow my 20-inch arms. Oh, man. Well, I, I really appreciate that, man. I mean, that's flattering beyond, beyond comprehension. The fact is we have those people that we gravitate towards and those are safe havens for us Mm -hmm. because in this, in this world of, you know, for lack of a better word, shit, um, we have people that we can interface with that we are safe with. And we know like, look, because of this, because of maybe my rep, my, my, my conversations with this person or my, my reputation with this person or my relationship with this person, I feel safe with this person. I know that this is a good person to be around energy wise, aura wise. It's all good. Mm. And there are people that even though they, and I have people like this, maybe you do as well, even though by society's measures, maybe they're a good person in terms of their vocation or what they're entangled in, in life, albeit real benevolent things. There's something about that person. You're like, nope, 
something about you. You're not right. Listen to that red flag. You're not right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't care if you're this or that, or this is the kind of stat, this kind of status you hold in this, in this, in the community. Some about you isn't clicking with me. And I'm not saying that I'm the end all be all tell all. This is where you should, this is who this person is and listen to me. Mm. No, but there's something within me, like something that tells me my mainframe, something's not right about you. And so I can't put my finger on it because of that. I stay away or I just kind of cold shoulder the person and I have no problem with doing that. Now I don't do it in an asshole regard, but in terms of when I say asshole regard, I don't mean like I'm an asshole to the person. I just let them know without letting them know, no, Mm. we're not conversating. And that's okay because some people feel like they can't do it. They go, oh no, no, I'm too rude. Well, you're not rude by just not speaking to them. There's there's a way to go about doing everything. And if you don't feel comfortable talking to a person, you don't have to speak to them. You don't have to be around them. You don't have to do anything just because of this one person. And a lot of people need to realize that. They need to get that in their heads that um, it's okay to lower your group of friends you know, reduce the numbers and just be around the people that add value to your life. And I don't mean, oh, you know, if I do this one thing for you, you're going to do something for me. It's not that. It's the value that you're adding to me is, are you going to make me smile? Are you going to make me laugh? Are you going to bring me up? Are you going to listen to my shit or or are you not? And adding value to somebody's life is so important. And um, you could you could go around circles all day long with trying to weed out all the people that you don't want. But, you know, just do it person by person. Just do what you've got to do and you'll find out that your life's going to be so much happier and so much easier. The weight is going to be off your shoulders, trust me. Yeah, but some people are like drugs, some people. They are, yeah, because misery loves company. Mm -hmm. And that is such a shame. And we've all been drawn to that one person or several people that they make you feel a certain way, but... In reality, they're the ones that are just dragging you further down. But the more time you spend with that person, you know, you can't see my hands, but there's like a middle middle line. So below that middle line, excuse me, the middle line is um, normalcy. Below that line is just misery. Above the normal line is like elation. So if you spend enough time around a person that's um, so negative, brings you down and you allow it, your boundaries, there aren't any. You just let that person just do whatever the hell they like. They say whatever they like and do whatever they like. They're going to drag you down and eventually you're going to become so numb and so uh, used to that feeling of being around that person that the time and that split moment that they're kind to you, they say something nice or they, they do something kind for you. But bear in mind, there's probably a hidden agenda there. If they're dickheads, that's just how they are. But that moment that they do something nice for you, because the lows were so low, that high is going to feel like it's off the charts when really it's probably barely touching the normalcy line. And it's a vicious circle. And yeah, sometimes people can't escape it. And sometimes it takes years to to get over it and to realize. But, you know, if that person's too close to you, somebody on the outside looking in there's no matter what they tell you you're going to say yeah 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 I can see that yeah but they do this yeah yeah I know that but no no buts it's happening but you're not going to be able to do it by somebody else telling you you need to learn that lesson for yourself 
But what do you think draws those people into those specific types of people that keep them clutched? Well, initially, it's going to be they're going to do something for you or they're going to, <clears throat> I don't know, in some cases, people learn your behaviors and your actions and they mimic them and they kind of just um, copy and they learn your, the mapping, what makes you you. They learn about your, um, uh, your life, how you feel about things, what you hate, what you don't, you know, what you do like and what you don't like. And they feed into that and they tell you everything that you want to hear and then eventually they'll just chip away at it ever so slightly and the only way i can describe it is like the rocks and the waves the sea the ocean waves just crashing over the rocks you won't see it just by looking at it but over time it will start eroding away and away and before you know it a few years have passed and you're like fuck me how do i get out of this how did i even get to this point um and and unfortunately that's typically how it happens because humans are you know creatures of habit and it's not new news this has been going on for centuries people have done this since forever you know well you're talking about narcissists and sociopaths here yeah and people with borderline personality disorders right they're all under the same kind of umbrella right yeah they play into your would you call it weaknesses they play into your weaknesses yeah Ever so slightly, so as mm-hmm. not to do too much damage. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, these people have trauma in their own lives as they were brought up. Mm. And it's a projection of what they had happened to them. They project it onto you. Yeah. See, most people that are normal, they don't want that type of control or power over other people. And when they see that happening, it makes them feel almost odd. To the point where they have to change something because it doesn't fit well with their with their physiology, their psychology. It's just mm. it's like similar to having integrity. You know, when you if you were a car salesman, you would not knowing that this person that you sold a car to didn't want that car and can't really afford the car, but because you nailed them in a state of you know they were in a state of elation for the car. You capitalized on that and you took advantage of that knowing that they can't afford this car based on their salary and it's going to have a couple kids as well. And it's like you go home and you lay your head out on the bed and it's you have to live with the fact that knowing that, look, I sold something. I sold a car to somebody. You know, I, I it was a lease. They can't get out of it for three years. They're fucked. But some people don't give a toss. They mm-hmm. are more than happy to live with that because they don't have empathy. That kind of personality disorder, they don't have empathy for anything or anybody. If they do show it, it's because it's a learned behavior that they saw from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they feel like that's what you have to do in this situation. It's almost like autistic to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, yeah, everybody's autistic um, in some lesser or greater degree I feel you know we've all got traits of whatever I know that I have yeah to to because obviously people with autism they have to learn to be emotional they have mm-hmm. to learn to feel because they're not it's not they're not natural yeah to them yeah I, I I just for the life of me I can't understand why people would operate in that way when we're talking about narcissism, sociopaths, 
I don't understand how people could not feel for other people and that be something that's they deem okay, but maybe it's they don't feel okay. They don't feel anything. And so they don't know any better. And they just they just operate in such a way. It's that- a defense. It's a defense mechanism so that they don't get hurt themselves. They've got this huge brick wall that they won't even let some people look over. They'll draw a picture of what's on the other side of it to say this is what is possibly there for you. But almost 10 times out of 10, then you're never going to see it because this they're in defense mode. And it's really sad because, you know, like I said earlier, behavior is learned. Your behavior is learned. And, you know, some people do have, you know, kind of chemical imbalances in their brain, of course, but um, it's, it's everything that you've learned through your early stages of, you know, childhood and growing up. All those relationships you have with your parents and friends and, you know, other, other family members, so crucially important that it's, it's nurtured in the correct way. You know, like my dog, I know, I know it's sad, uh, a bit silly of a, um, an example, but it's the same thing in my eyes, you know. I've, you know, we had her from six weeks old and I had to teach her how to do certain things in order for her to be able to live and um, breathe properly as a so-called dog. You know, everything that she does is because I've taught her how to do it. If I was to beat her, or do all these different things to her and be really awful to her, she's going to be guarded, she's going to be angry, she's going to be violent, or she may just just curl up in the corner and never speak or look at anybody, only to come up and drink and eat. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it affects animals and people the same way. Yeah, I think animals are far more plastic than, than people are to some degree. You know, it, I can see that happening to people, but not as, not as exaggerated as it happens to animals, mm. you know, cause it's not, it's not hard to break an animal down. No, it's very easy. It's kind of tough to break down a human being. You got to try a long yes. time. You got to be very adamant. And this is not off of obviously an experience here. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly. Well, have Peter on the phone any minute, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's like you, I mean, there are people that are, that are, I mean, there was that family that was held captive for 20 something years. Mm. I don't know. I forgot the family, but they didn't, they didn't interact with anybody. They were tied up in their beds. They were, you know, malnourished, emaciated. And I mean, you, you hear them talk now about their story and they're not that awkward. I mean, they're awkward to some degree, but they're not that I know homeschooled kids that are more awkward than they were, (laughs) but it's very, it's very like I said, the, the, the amount that you have to break a human is a lot before they actually break in there, but an animal's so much, you know, mm. so much easier. And, and that's obviously my heart goes out to any animal that's in that type of a position because they're just so innocent. They don't deserve that. Oh, it fucks me off so much. <laughs> I you get know, so angry about all that. You seem, you've always seemed like a, especially when our, we had that first real, intense and depth talk at coffee bean and you see you you've always came across very and don't take this the wrong way hypersensitive as a male i totally agree you know but that's a really good quality man really good quality now as men we're expected to be masculine 
Would you agree? Yeah, totally. Obviously. Mm. There's a spectrum of masculinity that exists, though. And what I often find is the peacocks of the of the spectrum mm-hmm. will like to, will likely bloviate to some degree as they're this is who they are but really they're peacocking they're not really lions they're just acting mm-hmm. and but then you have somebody who like yourself doesn't boast about what his accomplishments are, what he's doing, doesn't get on the thread and talk about his, or express his highlight reel or exploit that. And also is, is fairly sensitive, but is willing to do the things that a man would do, like provide, be a provider. I remember when you came, you start, you moved here, you had to provide. You was one of your main roles is to provide and you took on jobs for, I'll have you know, at one point you took on so many things, man, to provide. And you came here with basically nothing, correct? I had nothing. And you know what? Qualifications aren't even recognized here. Everything that I, I had back home, I'm a qualified mechanical motor vehicle and mechanical engineer, but because it wasn't American. I know the look on your face. <laughs> He's like, when did you tell me this? Um, that qualification I had through the British Army that I worked for for 10 years isn't recognized. People don't want really to care about it. However, when I was an exchange student when I was 16, I graduated high school and I got a diploma. That was recognized by every employer. Oh, you've got a high school diploma. Yeah. I mean, fuck me. I'm a mechanical engineer as well. Oh, did I, did I tell you I cut hair? And I've been a barber since I was 15. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, but you got a high school diploma because they're only comfortable, going back to what we say, they're only comfortable about what they know and what's not alien to them. They never bothered to ask me, oh, so, um, so tell me more about your um, engineering background. They, di- they didn't want to know because they didn't know what it was. They didn't know what uh, an NVQ was or um, a BTEC qualification. And, and it just fucking, it baffles me, mate, because I'm like, I've got all this other stuff, but you're fixated on the the achievement I had when I was 16, when I was an exchange student in Pennsylvania and I graduated high school. It's it's unbelievable. Because everything else would be considered a um, kind of an extended credential. Mm. It's not really... It's not a part of the main curriculum. It's fucking extra credit by this, the way right. they were putting it. Well, and that's the reason why I think people are kind of branching off and doing their own things nowadays. And they're not really putting any kind of validity towards mm. jobs that, that recognized diplomas or even even BAs. It's really hard. Uh, I'm sorry, um, a bachelor's degree. Mm. It's really, really hard to get notice or to really have any kind of credit to your name when you just have a bachelor's. Mm. It's, it's, and, and then the work it takes to even get a bachelor's. I mean, there's, it's not like there's no discipline, you know, surrounding that. You mm-hmm. have to actually be diligent and disciplined with your schoolwork. And, you know, so now, but now it's money to, that can be made, can be made so easy with frivolous things that caught, that require zero skill for the, for the viewers. I'm sorry, for the listeners, you can't see this, but 
Ian's wearing an only trance shirt in the in the font that is only fans. So for those of you who are familiar with OnlyFans, everybody's got to be familiar with If you're not familiar with OnlyFans, go fucking Google it. Check out Justin's. We'll leave, <laughs> we'll leave a link in the uh, description below. Link in bio. <laughs> so OnlyFans is basically, air quotes, zero skill. It takes zero skill for you to, as, as the barrier to entry. You have to be a hot girl, a hot guy, and that's it. But people are making ridiculous money on OnlyFans. Ridiculous. Money that you can only fathom per month. And it's from them doing nothing but showcasing their sexuality. And so that is that type of um, a medium to which people are gathering monetary recruitment from it's very it it distorts the view of what is actually talent or skill driven. So for you to get into something that's skill based, it takes a lot of back end work, years of creating on your own end, years of of really connecting the dots and going through the challenges and the journey to be able to even see something of of progression come to fruition that. People can just go now and do something that is lackluster, zero skill derived and make four, five, six, seven times the amount of money you're going to make per month doing it. And it takes almost no time from their day. Like yeah. no time. It just takes a, a snap of a photo on a smartphone. That's it. I And that's the kind of, so those are the kind of things that really that's what's, that's breeding a whole different type of mindset with women predominantly with women because i know men are on OnlyFans, but predominantly it's a women's zone and it's causing women to kind of disassociate themselves from the traditional the traditional woman the traditional family setting you're you're going towards this boss bitch you know type of encompassing mind frame and you're making your own money because you're exploiting your body. Something that a is very immoral. It's ridiculously immoral requires zero talent or skill. And yet you're being reimbursed. And that's, that's kind of propagating, so to speak, a competency in you to survive on your own. When really you should be doing what you need to be doing to be in unison with a man. To be able to be have a have a family together, you know, like that's at least how I what I believe. I don't believe in that sort of thing where a woman should be on her own. A woman should be with a man, and those that 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 couple should be able to form something of of utility and of magnitude in their life. But no man, no high earning or respectable man is going to want a woman that's doing that sort of thing. No. They're going to lust for it. They're going to look and perv over their photos, but that's as, that's as far as it's going to go. These bit these birds need to start. I was going to call them bitches then. <laughs> these birds need to, like I say to anybody, and this is where I feel like I'm old, right? When I speak to some of the, uh, some younger lads or, or some of the girls I've spoken to, I've always said to them, do whatever makes you happy, but have something to back it up. Like I've always wanted to be 
um, I've always wanted to write music and travel the world DJing. And I did it before COVID and all this other bollocks. But, you know, that aside, I still achieved that. But I've got an engineering um, background as well. So if that falls through, like these tarts who just flash their um, their tits online and they, they make ridiculously, uh, like thousands and thousands a day sometimes, just, just getting their bodies out, that's going to come to an end. They're not going to look like that forever. So when that does come to an end, what are you going to do after that? But also, they've also written, um, they've also dug their own grave because if they do want to go to real employment they're going to find out about it because whatever you post online, you can delete as many times as you like. It's still going to be there. Someone somewhere will find it. And employers do that. Employers look on social media. They Google your name. They'll Google any other name that you've probably had before. They'll ask about you just so they they know who they're employing. Um, And they don't think about it because like we said earlier, instant gratification. That's Mm. all they care about. They want the money and they want it yesterday or even now. And they think that they're insta famous and they don't have to do anything else for the rest of their life. But a lot of these people aren't smart enough and they don't, if they don't want to do anything else with it, they don't invest it. They don't put it into property, which they could quite easily do, buy houses with it or um, not necessarily cars, but they could buy houses um, and I don't know, business, uh, you know, ventures on the side that they could have some streams of income, not just from getting their top bollocks out, but they could also get a stream of income from other sources, which is going to be more sustainable than just, you know, taking photos. But it's easier to take photos and it's easier to concentrate on how you look and get a BBL and have a guy pay for it that you're giving sex to and get titties that a guy is paying for because you're fucking him. And you know what I mean? It's, It's easier to do it like this because and the fact is they prey on men that have money because mm. those men are basically buying them, but the men know why they're buying them. They don't really care. The men have the disposable income to buy these women and give them these things. It's nothing to them. And then once these women get that, then they go off and do these sort of things unless they just rack up their credit card bill, but to, to buy these certain things. And then when they get them, then they start this whole journey of well i'm going to exploit myself and then get and because everybody else is doing it or their friends or their knit their their circle of people are doing it they deem it okay but it's not okay this is a new world thing yeah they convince themselves of what they're doing their behavior is okay to do but it fucking isn't no upstanding man is going to look at that no and be like i want to wife you that's a low value woman like that I don't know, take photos, do keep it Instagram. Well, I mean, it's borderline Instagram, you know, photos out there that are OnlyFans pictures. But if you want to take pictures of yourself, that's fine. Just keep your clothes on and make them respectful. If you want a high value male when the time comes, because these girls who are just um, Insta famous or even OnlyFans famous, it's not going to last. That is just not going to last. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, like you're like to your point, you're talking about how people, a high value man's not gonna want that. These women aren't thinking about that in the future. They're not thinking about their future. They're only thinking about here and now. Yep. Well, this is what I'm gonna do. And because they get this money accrued from it and it allows them the lifestyle that 
they're giving themselves on their own, they think they're now some type of entrepreneur, independent <laughs> entrepreneur, <Fuck> whatever. <laughs> and it's all the whole thing is ridiculous, but you're not seeing you're not seeing in front of you're only you're only looking at, at the like you're like you're saying the instant gratificational component. You're not really seeing what could be your life in the future, because I don't know if most of these women feel this way, but I know most, I know that there are some women that exist that don't care to have a family, don't care to have kids that exist. That's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Unicorns probably exist somewhere, (laughs) but I mean, the fact of the matter is most women, most women, like the general populace of women want to have kids and have a family. If it weren't this way biologically, we wouldn't have made it this far no. in civilization. So, yes, it's true. Women want these things. But the way that things are getting exploited now and really funneled down women's, you know, in, in their, what, whatever is being funneled to women now is you can do this on your own, be independent. You can, all you have to do is do this and you can get this and you can attain this and you don't need a man and blah, blah, blah. And then especially what they're being taught by their, by their mothers, if their mothers were in a kind of a, a similar field in life before them or a similar picture. And it's just, it makes it tougher on us as men to find women out there that are, that are really kind of picturesque of this idea that we want to, in terms of a traditional woman because the traditional woman is dying off and it's now modern women and the modern women are these women that we see on Instagram that exploit themselves and think this is the this is the path in life I'm going to take this is this is and you know this entrepreneurial zero skill though that they're that, that they're actually putting out there to the world they're putting out zero skill because what it takes is zero skill to take a picture and look hot and this is something that they think that they'll be able to do this and then find a man later no man is gonna gonna want this but we could drill this in the ground it's not gonna change the way women are in life it's just the way that women are and it's our job to stay away from women like that well in some ways this whole OnlyFans BS type girl. It's just weeding out the shit for people like you and I who, you know, who value high value women and who want that in our lives. It's just making them more obvious because all these other tarts are just doing their thing. It's just like, right, okay, you know, we, we just leave them to it. Now we know where all the quote unquote mod, um, traditional girls are. We, we can see them a mile off. Yeah. You can, you can tell on their, on their social media you can tell what sort of person they are because you know everybody's social media is just a highlight reel unless you get those idiots who just love to talk shit and um just talk negative and just put other people down but um yeah you can see by somebody's social media what type of person that they're going to be well and ultimately they're not staying authentic no they're really not staying, they're really just impersonating and they're doing that because they're insecure at the at the at the granular level they're insecure with who they really are and they can't really promote that because they're not secure with that so they have to put on this facade of well if i if i look hot or if i showcase my best angle 
then I'll get acceptance. Then I'll get people liking my picture. I'll get people commenting on people in my, my DMs. And that's what I'm after. But you're really not after that. You really want something of substance. If there's one thing I've learned about women is they want substance. And that's something that you're not getting. You're getting dopamine hits when you get mm-hmm. likes and comments. Yeah. But that's not really what you're after. You're just, you're just so, you're so frail in terms of how you display your, what you are allowing yourself to dis, be displayed to the public that in turn, it turns out where this is the, you're going to instead be this, this sex symbol or try to be the sex symbol at least more, more like a tambourine some of these bitches <laughs> you're just inauthentic man at the end of the day yeah you're inauthentic and the more if you want to be somebody of measure then first of all you need to act and move like a traditional woman and this is for the women you need to act and move like a traditional woman and like you were saying in the beginning about how people kind of attract their own crowd or, or rather they are like their friends. What you think about, you bring about. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want in life, if you want to have something of upscale, I'm talking about the women, then you need to surround yourself with noble moral things. And that means people too. And that means ventures. And that means activity. It needs to be moral and upstanding and of higher ground. This is all this all this OnlyFans or even just the way that you portray yourself in the world, it's only in, in, a, in an effort to just bring men's lustful eyes to the table. But that's not bringing any kind of value to the man. Sure, the men will fuck you, but that's not what they're want. They're only wanting to do that. They don't want to wife you. And ultimately... They don't want to find out what your favorite color is and what's your... Uh, do you like dogs? Do they? <laughs> they don't, they only want to treat you like you are displaying yourself to be treated. You know, you're 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 essentially just putting your, your market you're marketing yourself as a fuck toy, and that's about it. And that's not what you were meant to be marketed as. But the sad thing is that is kind of the society right now. Because it's easy to make money like that. And it's easy to create a name like that or a brand like that. And you don't need a man to do it. You know, and especially with all this, dare I say, toxic masculinity, that word or that phrase rather that's kind of being pushed and and um, and and really just dispensed with in the world. That is something that is, I I don't even understand it. I mean, I don't understand how that could be even a real thing. There's masculinity. I guess I guess there can be. It depends on how you if you abuse it or not. But masculinity is something that you should look for in a man. Well, believe it or not, I've been told by only a few people that I'm not a man's man. Why? Cuz I don't wear bootcut jeans and uh, Timberland boots and a um a fucking flannel shirt. And some some people have said, oh, uh, um, oh, you're metrosexual. Oh, fuck. Why am I metrosexual? Because I wear skinny jeans? But a lot of people here in the States, they struggle with my um, choice of clothes, right? I love skinny jeans. If you can see my uh, lunch, I don't care. I want to wear them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, people get really put out by it. And I think the only saving grace why I can somewhat get away with it is because I'm British and because of my voice. 
and um having that oh you're not a man's man bullshit it's just it they say it just to piss you off just to hurt your ego or like we said earlier it's because it um it it messes with the unfamiliarity of what uh, they do and do not know if it's foreign to them if it's alien to them it frightens them so the first line of you know the first line of defense is attack and they'll attack you whether it's passive aggressive or whether it's a fucking slap in the face yeah but the reason why they attack is because they deem you as relevant if they didn't deem you as any kind of relevant person then they wouldn't bother with you no that's so, true. so that is that is by by default that is a compliment oh yeah so i do take i mean i take everything with a grain of salt with some people you know some people i've i've taken their words to uh to heart and some of them still ring in my ears now but for the most part when people okay so being british in america and being in a service industry or where you're meeting a lot of people a lot of the time I've noticed that people either really like me or they really don't. There's very few people that are just don't even acknowledge the fact that I'm not American. So I've got stories for days about how people have treated me just because of my voice. And, you know, if I've had a disagreement with somebody in the street and uh, they go straight for the race card if, or nationalist card, whatever you want to say, they'll go, wait, you need to fuck off back to Australia. And I'm like, well, you need to fuck off back to school because I'm British. And, you know, I've got an answer for everything because I've had to. I could just choose to walk away. But, you know, sometimes I like to um, make people feel really uncomfortable. I mean, a a left hook is going to make somebody feel uncomfortable, but that's not uh, deemed appropriate. So I'd rather (laughs) uh, kick him in the bollocks with a few words. Um, But, yeah, people don't like my voice or they really love it or they think I'm Australian or Brazilian or German or any other fucking language. (laughs) But my own, they seem to think... That I'm never going to be British. It's hilarious, but I digressed. I, uh, that, well, that's one of the things that I like about you, uh, that it's different. And I have uh, zero problem with it. I mean, I, like I said, I, I think it's, I think it's something that is, it's cool because we don't hear that a lot mm. in the area, you know? And, and so I don't, uh, it seems to me that people are turned off by it. They might be turned off because maybe you, trigger them with a person they did know that wasn't the best person that had that same type of voice or um they're just mad people in general well i got like i said i got stories today and i can't help it i'm gonna have to tell you this one so when i first moved here i was looking for work and i drove for uber right and i was picking up it was early evening i picked up two couples right so the the one woman sat in the front with me um and the the other three were in the back and they were just talking back and forth and I was just listening to their conversation and uh I kind of piped up a bit and just said my thing just so it wasn't completely awkward because there was a bit of silence in the car I said oh have you had fun tonight and all this straight away they picked up on it which is fine you know I get it and um this woman was asking all about me the woman in the front seat but overhearing her conversation she was clearly a teacher because she was uh, moaning about how she's got to go back to school, and unless she's stupid and she does need to go back to school because of the comment that she made to me. She is a teacher. She doesn't want to go back to school. And um, I promise you, with everything that I've got, she looked me right in the side of my face, because I was driving. 
she said, could you speak English before you moved here? I will fuck me. I nearly had a, I nearly had a stroke from secondhand embarrassment from her husband who was sat in the back seat. He was mortified. I put the, uh, the blinker on and I pulled over. I said, get out of the car. I'm not even going to come to a complete stop. Get out. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm just joking. <laughs> I felt like it, but uh, I didn't do it. But it was just like, how can, you know, people just rattle off something that just comes to their mind without giving it a thought. And that's just not a, like a, an isolated incident. That happens quite a lot with people asking silly questions. Um, like, have I got running water? I know. Believe it or not, that was one. And that was a long time ago. But uh, I've got, like I said, stories for days. People say daft things. And one of my mates said to me a long time ago um, that people act weird in the presence of greatness, right? And that's not me saying that I'm king of the world and I'm great and I'm all these other things. I'm a nice bloke. You know, get to know me a bit. You'll find that out. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not claiming I'm top of the hill. But if... I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I'm, I'm too busy looking at this uh, Rocky's arm in the air. I was going to go for some analogy, <laughs> some Rocky analogy then. I've, I've totally lost my train of thought. Save me. Okay, I'll save you. Let's, <laughs> let's shift gears a little bit because one of the things that drew me to you was your authenticity and the ability that you had to be vulnerable with somebody you kind of barely knew you knew but you didn't know to the degree yeah that you that maybe another person would dispense with in that authentic way and there's something that there's something that happens in you know at least on my end how when somebody is vulnerable and I know that they're dispensing with things that are of great importance to them. Not only that, but they are doing so in a very humbling and transparent way. I want to reciprocate that as something, it's, I, you know, I, I just, I find it very, very fulfilling and fascinating that somebody would especially a man would lay the cards out on the table, so to speak in that way to somebody that he doesn't know very thoroughly, but because of the energy that's emitted and that he gathers from myself, let's just use it as, as an example. He feels safe. That's exactly this what I was going to going, say. Going back to what we talked about, about being safe, feeling safe with certain people and how important that is, especially nowadays. So what was it? What is it about people that allows you to be that way, to allow that type, that side of Ian to come out? Because that's always been fascinating to me since day one, when we had that very, uh, challenging. Yeah. Very, um, but but very very explosive conversation and it was it was it was to some degree it was it was mending with what you were going through jesus christ so i'm going to try and talk about this without uh 
falling apart and having a quivering lip. I wish I had my mask on in here, but uh, the microphone's going to pick up everything. I'm sure my jaw will probably slap the microphone if I get too close. Um, I trusted you. Straight off the bat, I trusted you um, because you never showed me anything less. Your integrity is everything. And just, you, you never let me down with anything, whether it was, and I'll never forget this, um, I asked you a question about, because uh, for those of you who don't know, Justin's got the biggest wheels you'll ever see on a man. His <laughs> legs are amazing. And, uh, you know, to call him Quadzilla would probably be an understatement. So anyway, um, I was looking to see, I was trying to develop part of my leg, um, the teardrop of my quads. And I'll never forget, he gave me a tip on how to isolate that muscle. And you know, I, I remember so many different things, but he was so genuine with it. He's took time out of his workout, which we all know is precious to us because that 45 minutes to an hour is all we've got for many people. You know, not many people are there just to uh, um, shoot shit all afternoon or all evening. So I just valued the fact that he took, I don't know, a good 10, 15 minutes out of his workout that he probably cooled down from and, you know, lost momentum with his own just to... Um, pass on some advice to what he could give me to help develop what I wanted to develop, whether it was a muscle or whether it was part of my personality. He, he was there for me. Okay. I'm struggling now because I can feel where this is going. Uh, we might have to hit the pause button, but, um, no pause. <laughs> I was fucking waiting for that. He goes, you bastard, get in there. Be vulnerable, you bastard. We talked about this. Um, he was just very genuine. I'm not going to be out looking. I'm going to talk to the side of the mic. I'm going to stare at Rocky's arm. Um, yeah, I trusted him with everything that I had because he didn't let me down. He was very authentic. You know, I'd like to say that um, I'm a good judge of character. Just because I ended up in a certain situation, people would argue, well, you're not that much of a good uh, judge of character because look what happened. And I'm like, well, it's, diff there's, it's one thing of being a good judge of character and, not, and choosing to ignore the signs that I knew were blatantly there. So um, he was probably the only person that I could ever go to because I didn't know anybody else <clears throat> fuck me you bastard <laughs> um, I moved here completely on my own okay I moved here for a reason but I basically only had one person that I could rely on and until I didn't and then um, I was so broken with what I was left with, which was fuck all, if I can be straight up. I had nothing left emotionally, physically, I had nothing. And uh, fuck me, I'm dancing around this pissing subject. So what do you see in me, Ian? I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there, trust me, but this is an emotional thing for me. Um, he was the only person that showed me grace and um and trust really i i i can't begin to put it any other way and you're gonna have to save me a bit because i feel like i'm uh, 
spiraling into a, <laughs> into a tailspin. I'll I'll interject here and there, but I'm trying to uh, do what I do is make fun of it to make it a joke so it's not so serious. So this is in part why um, this is real life conversation, and none of this is none of this is scripted. So the people that are listening. This is not something that was, you know, pre-gamed by Ian and I. Um, the fact of the fact of this, the fact that is that that Ian is dispensing in this way. This is a. This is new for me to hear, and as a human being hearing this from another human being, I can't even begin to tell you how or what this means to me and how it affects me. If anything, I feel like this is a conversation that you should be having with, you know, somebody else and I'm not here because this is something that I pride myself on, but I don't necessarily like to hear about myself because it makes me feel like I'm not deserving of it because I'm just being I'm just being me. I'm just being what I feel is what I should do that's right. And it, I'm I'm living off of what I what my own grading scale is for myself and how I interface with other people. And when we talk about staying authentic, that should mean something. It should mean something to every single person no matter what you do, no matter what conversation you have in life, no matter what your career is, especially those things. Because they all set the tone for what you're going to be in life and how you're going to be fucking remembered. The only thing I was doing with you, man, was just putting my arm around you because you seem like you wanted somebody to talk to. And I'm so, I'm so humbled that you would even choose me. That's the truth. And the fact that you're saying these things, I don't even really know how to receive them, man, because I don't even feel like I'm deserving of them. When all I was doing was just doing what I felt like I was supposed to do as a human. I know you were, I know you were going through through some things and I know that 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 maybe I entered, that maybe I came in as a part of your life that things were really hot and sensitive. And that sort of thing, God aligns different people, I believe. God aligns certain people for other people in certain times of their life. And that's all I think I was. Not all, I'm not trying to be pejorative here, but that's what I think God was doing. He was lining me up with you because he knew that I was the right spirit for your spirit to be able to match this sort of dilemma that was going on in your life and be able to help you with it. And I'm, I'm just, I just wanted to say, I'm just forever grateful for that. And that, because that brings a bond with two people that can never be fabricated on its own, like willingly. That's just... That's just kind of something that happens autonomously between two individuals. 
So I'm forever grateful for that bond. Fucking hell. You, you can't see this, but I'm a mess in the corner over here. Um, so my parents um, taught me to <clears throat> leave people better than you found them. And that's exactly what Justin did for me. I was a fucking wreck when he met me and he left me so much more than, you know, what he initially found me as. And that's why, you know, I, I care about him so much and why he's such a mate to me. And, you know, we could go months without speaking or seeing each other. And it's like, you know, a second hasn't passed when we do see each other. Um, there's no, there's no other um, way to describe how he and I, excuse me, there's no other way to describe why, you know, I, so to speak, chose him other than, like I said earlier, before I had a fucking meltdown, um, was that I trusted him and he didn't let me down and he left me better than he found me. I don't really know how else. There's really no other words to, um, you know, there's, there's no other string of words that I can put in any other order or sentence that's going to, you know, describe it any better than that. <clears throat> and I'll always be grateful, forever grateful for that, because <clears throat> it's been two years. It's been two years since that all happened. And it still fucked me. It still cuts just as deep as it did the day of. So, um, some people say you never really get over, a, you know, grieving, whatever it might be, you know, whether it's the loss of somebody, you know, that's passed away or just the loss of somebody in general, you know. Um, there's still a, a grieving process and... I lost somebody and and the grieving process doesn't get any older uh, excuse me oh, fucking I'm trying to hold it together it doesn't get easier you just it just becomes easier to live with um and I've accepted that and the acceptance of um, my situation is there I've accepted it and there's nothing else I can do that's going to change anything else other than me learning from what's happened to being a better person and not letting it happen again and paying it forward to be there for somebody else how Justin was for me I, I don't know how else to uh, to describe it that's um that's real heavy and that's that's heavy on my heart you saying those things and I'm just I really just am grateful that God used me in that time that he, he did use me, that you needed it. And if I were being anybody other than myself, I wouldn't have been able to be that person for you. And that, the fact that, 
the fact that I, you know, I don't, I don't know how to put this, but I talked about it the other day and basically what I was trying to convey was if you're anybody but yourself, you're really going to shortchange who you are and that, that goes into into this particular conversation that that Ian and I had a couple years back. If I wasn't in an authentic space with who I am, then I couldn't have been what Ian needed, which is speaks to everybody that's listening. If you're not in an authentic space with who you are and what you're displaying to the world, then you may lose out on opportunities to be somebody's safe haven. You may lose out on opportunities to be somebody's cushion when they need it, which is what this world is about. It's about people. It's not about just your own progression or your own materialization of whatever you're after. Sure, those things are important, but the way you lead them is like Ian was saying, the way you leave people. And the lasting impact you have or don't have on people. And those things are tantamount to your success in life, to your legacy, to how your kin is going to remember you. And people forego that or they, they don't think about those things or they abandon them altogether because, well, it's all about the here and now instant gratification. I gotta, I gotta grind to get mine. And you don't think about others on the sidelines. Others that need you. Not the ones that are talking shit to you. That are trying to disrupt you. That are trying to get you off course. And make you see something that you don't need to see. Because they want you to get off course. Because they don't want you to achieve what your goals are. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people that are on the sidelines that actually need you. That are putting their hand out. And you're passing by because you don't have time. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to always give everybody every second of every hour that we could give them. But the fact is, if you don't start with one person or you don't just allow yourself that, that deliverance of your, yourself in general, the people, you're going to leave a lot of possible friendships and relationships and things in general on the table. And if you do, if you do do those things, if you do give those people the time of day, but you're not authentically who you are and you're not speaking from an authentic space, vulnerable, transparent, etc., then you're not going to be able to help that person in the, to the degree that you could otherwise. I say it a lot, but this world is about pe- that your whole life, your legacy, your journey. It's about people. It's about how you affect people. It's about how you leave them. It's about what you can provide to them. It's in part the reason why I became a trainer. Because I love personal. I love personal relationships. Well, being a trainer is a personal job. There's a personal element to it. I love that. Far over, I love being a trainer. Like I could give a shit about training to some degree. I train for myself. I train, I weight train, but that's because I love the weight train. 
I love to be around people and teach people the things that I really, I feel like I might have a shred of, of goodness at, but it's about people. Don't get confused. This is my ministry. What's your ministry? How are you helping people? How are you serving people in a way that makes them better than when they, if they didn't interact with you? How? Because it's not all about you. And I can't even believe, I still can't believe that I'm hearing what you're telling me, man. Because this sort of thing doesn't really, isn't really told to people at all. If they ever hear it one time in their lifetime, they're lucky. Well, it, you know, it goes back to that whole alpha male bollocks and, you know, the masculinity. People feel like, as a society, men aren't allowed to fucking cry like this metrosexual opposite you. Um, and, uh, you know, they're not allowed to show emotion and they're certainly not allowed to go through what I went through. But it did, I do, and I am. And people will forget what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. <clears throat> and that's exactly what I remember. You know, I, I remember how you made me feel the first time I met you, which b built the trust to the, you know, that time we spoke about when we met at the, the coffee house. You know, I'll never forget how how driven I felt after I left. Yeah, I was in a fucking mess. I was probably in, in a flood of tears worse than I am now, but, it, you know, I can't help how much it hurts. <clears throat> but I felt like I had hope. And that hope is what I held on to for so long. <clears throat> And and in that moment, two years ago, in that moment, I'm like, fuck me, if I could transform myself to the day sat here right in front of you now, I would have given anything for it. And I never would have thought that I feel the way I do today, which is worlds apart from how I felt, you know, that day that I saw you fucking broken metrosexual man with skinny jeans on. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to throw humor out otherwise I'll have another breakdown. <sighs> but yes, leave people better than you found them and you'll, even if it's just the, uh, somebody at the grocery store that's uh, doing you, fucking passing your food through and you'll pay and just ask them how their day is because I guarantee you nobody's genuinely asked how their day is and really wanted to know how it is. Because people are just so automatic. Like, it's an American thing to say. Um, Hi, how are you? They just It's just something that you say. It's just a phrase. Nobody really answers you, yeah, I'm good, thanks, and means it. Because imagine if you said to somebody, actually, no, I'm fuck I've had a hell of a day. Or, yeah, you'll never guess what. And then you go into the conversation as to why you're having a good day. Because it's just something that, you know, society here does. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. It's just an automatic thing. It's almost just like some coding between us and just some wordage. That's it. But try it. Just go, just ask somebody how they are. Ask them how their day is and then see 
how it makes you feel when you look in their eyes when they respond genuinely not just the yeah I'm fine thanks you know see how they are see how you feel because I bet you it'll feel fucking amazing just try it that's your homework yeah and that's just called being interactive as a human being and that's something that we get so caught up in our everyday lives and I'm guilty of it too man that we don't put a precedence on that sort of thing on that on those potential conversations to be had and you know it's it's something that we all need to work at because it plagues all of us because we all have lives we all have responsibilities we all have duties that require our attention and so we can easily get caught up in those things and forego the bodies around us and more so the emotional state of the people around us. I'm not saying you got to be that way. And I don't think Ian is saying this either. That you have to be that way to every single person. You know, you drive yourself mad no. if you were like to everybody. How are you? How can you really tell me about your day? Can you, you know, obviously it's not going to happen, but just do it here and there. Exactly. And I think what you're trying to say is just be authentic in the moment like obviously be authentic all the time but be especially authentic in that moment with that person maybe give them a piece of vulnerability out of your own treasure chest so to speak that might make them feel more accustomed to what they're going through at the time or more a little bit more stable knowing that another human being has gone through that or is going go, currently going through that it just it matters i hate saying cuz such a cliche statement but people matter i think people matter more so in your journey than your own quest or desire to accrue certain things in your life the people that are that are immersed in that they matter more to your cultivation and to ultimately what you're going to create in the future. Saying that you create something. But yeah, that's good homework, man. Oh, fuck me. That escalated quickly. <laughs> but but God, I promised myself I wouldn't cry. But listen, that is, <laughs> that's, what I think people need to hear more of on any podcast, no script, regular conversation between two human beings and wherever it goes, it goes. That's what this podcast is really about. Like you said that we didn't, you know, when I, when I first arrived at the studio, we were like, we basically kept our conversation to a minimum. I fussed on your dog and that was probably about it because we wanted to leave everything that we had to say for for this part right here and it makes great listening if I do say so myself not just from what I'm saying because it's not but all the other podcasts because I followed um, this podcast for since I can remember and it's always great to hear like you had a guest a um, couple of podcasts ago Chris um, can't pronounce his last name Sure, that's the one that's mm -hmm. what I said yeah <laughs> great dude yeah um, 
I know him from our gym and I've seen him around, but everything that he came out with in that podcast is like, shit, I didn't know you went through that. Or I didn't know you felt like this or this way about that. It was so interesting to me to hear about it um, from somebody who I I do honestly barely know. We'll nod to each other at the gym and that's as far as it goes really. Or, hi, how are you? Good, thanks. <laughs> That's as far as it goes. But yeah, great to listen to that. And um, I'm glad you've got that kind of um, rule, if you like. When we get to the studio, that's it. We barely talk. Let's save it. There's no warm-up. Let's just save the warm-up for the for the mics. Mm. Make sure they're on and then we'll it'll pick up everything. And no script. I loved it. Because I think people, and you would probably attest to this, People need to hear more of that. Yeah, they do. Less of the script. Yeah. They need to hear from me, especially on this, that don't, blokes, don't be so, um, I don't know what the word is, conditioned to feel like you can't express yourself. No, I'm not saying you've got to cry at every puppy video you watch on YouTube. But just know that it's okay to feel a certain way about something and to let somebody know. You know, if if somebody's helped you in any way, here's another bit of homework for you. Send them a message. Better still, write a letter and send it to them or hand it to them personally and just say, you changed my life. This is what you did for me. How, you know, to any lesser or greater degree. Um, And, you know... I've got a stack of letters that are, that I could hand out over the years. And, you know, a lot of the time people don't even realize how much they've done for you. Um, I'm sure Justin doesn't know what he did for me. I mean, he knows that um, uh, he helped me a lot, but not to the, uh, the pouring of tears opposite him this afternoon. <laughs> not to that degree. But I'm sure he is as sad as it was, I'm sure he enjoyed hearing that kind of news from me. Yeah. That's something that I feel is a gift and I don't feel like many people get that gift in life and I'm just honored to have that gift. That's really how I feel. I'm just honored to be able to have that gift and to be able to be the person that God brought in your life in that time that you needed. It's just, I feel fortunate. Like fortunate, grateful, honored, all of the above, man. And it's a gift. Like I said, it's a gift. And I, like I said, I, I feel like more people, if they, if they attained that type of honor in life, that type of gift, that, that sort of thing delivers a competency in oneself that nothing of chase or, persistence can can really create absolutely it's just major it's so major and i I, to to some regard i'm kind of floored to be honest and that but again the the fact that i can receive that gift from you it's just an honor i appreciate that no problem and i just i thank god that i was in your life at that time and you needed like somebody that you needed I just thank God I honestly don't know what would have happened if I didn't 
I'm sure I would have got through it because I had to, but it, the the process would have probably been delayed by a long time because <clears throat> I can't think of anybody else. I can't think of anybody else that could have taken your place, and they w- they weren't supposed to. You know, you, you it was supposed to be you at that moment in time, and you know. Yeah, I've got friends and family and stuff, and they could have done a lot for me. But FaceTime can only do so much. You need that presence of of a person. <clears throat> and here I go again. Right, <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> I thought I was over this. Right, I'm gonna stop. It's not sniffling your ear. This is gonna turn into an ADSM. <sighs> okay, I'm done. I can't. I can't go through this again. <laughs> I feel like all of our listeners, or at least maybe some of them, I feel like they will see this as, well, yeah, that's, I I, I don't even know how to put it in words, man. It's easy for you to say. (laughs) (laughs) you know I feel like going going back a little bit with the authentic element there's there's just so much power in being authentic and that's why I I pedal it so fucking hard even though it's hard for us, it's hard for us to be vulnerable and authentic. And I'm not saying that that's you be vulnerable all the time. And remember, there are safe people that you can feel vulnerable with. You could dispense vulnerability to and it's fine. Or it feels like it, like it's okay. Pick and choose. Yes. But when you have a camaraderie with specific folks that I can't believe I said folks. <laughs> People. It just is super empowering. And it's something that is innately wired in us from a primitive standpoint because that's how we got here was becoming civilized with other people, not from doing this shit on our own. And when you realize and, and understand how important people are to your process, you realize this notion. And the notion is if I'm not, if I'm not sensitive to certain people and allow certain people in, then I'm going to leave a lot of my potential on the table because not everything can come out if I'm not around the right people, but being around the right people is important. And not be confused about what that is or what those people look like. And listening to your intuition, listening to your gut, that's major. If you allow anybody and everybody in your life to take residence, you're going to have a, you're going to have a lot of disparaging times and possibly relationships that are created out of toxicity and people that take from you and just bleed from you and that that's never obviously what 
you want in life. You want to be surrounded around people that are like-minded, that actually give a shit about you, that care where you're going, that want to actually compliment you and compliment your process. And then you in return compliment them. And you're forever grateful for relationships like that because those are the relationships that actually matter. So many people have superficial relationships with others. I don't mean romantic. I mean any, you know, friendship or whatever. And typically they always try to see what they can get from them. You know, I don't want from anybody except to feel a certain way, you know, Like I said, people will forget what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And we just need to, like, I know we keep pedaling backwards, but narrow your circle of friends to the people who add value to your life. And do away with the energy vampires that are just sucking the life out of you. They're, They're no good for you. They might look pretty. They might do something for you, but what's the risk versus reward? You've got to ask yourself, what do you get from it? It doesn't matter what they want. It's what you want, whether it's a relationship um, with the opposite sex or, or even same sex, depends what you want, or friendships, however it might be. Just figure it out because, and I sound really old when I say this, but it's going to come a time in your life where you wish you'd done this sooner because I know that I did. And, you know, I could, like I said earlier, I could talk to you and tell you to do this all day long, but you've got to figure it out for yourself. But if I can persuade you and get you in that general direction, you'll figure it out for yourself a lot sooner than I did. Shit, I'm 42 in January and, you know, I still feel like I'm in my 20s. But I'm just really pleased that I learned these lessons so fucking pleased because now I can go the rest of my life without having to deal with it and wonder how do I get out of this situation that I've put myself in whatever that situation might be lovely ending it's a lovely (laughs) ending man it's a happy ending let's end it there (laughs) Ian man it's been a pleasure to have you it's been an honor to be able to receive these things that you've said and I just want you to know that, man. I'm sure I'll talk more about it off off, off recording. But thank you, bro. Thank you for everything, man. And thank you for being here. And thank you for dispensing with that and, and really just allowing other people to hear that side of you. Because I know it's helping at least one person. I hope and it does. And even if it helped <laughs> just the one, which I believe it'll help far more than that, that is a great podcast. That is a great time spent. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me. I've been, without trying to get too emotional because I'm doing my best not to, I think I need to fucking lie down in a dark room after all this, but um, I I had therapy for the situation I was in. Um, It kind of helped. I'm lying, it really helped. And without the therapy that I had professionally, along with the therapy that I had from you indirectly that you might not realize you gave me, um, I struggled 
to <clears throat> look forward to anything. I'm in one of the most beautiful parts of not only California, but the whole fucking world. And I just struggle for the fucking life of me to look forward to anything. I just couldn't, I, had, I, I felt indifferent. And I'm not going to wank on about this too long, but feeling um, sad or feeling really happy is better than feeling nothing. And I felt nothing for such a long time. And fuck me, here we go. <laughs> knowing that, I'm going to say it real quick. Knowing that I was coming on the podcast is the first time I've looked forward to doing anything in two years. Okay, I've had enough now. <laughs> you better finish up, finish me off. No, keep going. <laughs> that's that's it. That's what I got to say. I'm tired. If I got a fucking headache, I need to lie down. I need to pet your dog, and I need to go home and see mine. <sighs> well, listen, man. I understand what that means, and I understand what you're saying. And I think a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, are that's that's hitting home with a lot of them because. Sometimes life can feel like you're on autopilot and there's nothing to look forward to and you're waking up because you know you have to wake up and go to your job and make money to survive and just stay in your apartment, stay buying food and stay putting gas in your car. But I want people to understand that you're not going overlooked. You're not going unnoticed. The God of you the god of the world look for those of you who are not spiritual fine but i'm spiritual and this is my fucking podcast so that's what i say my god your god is still refining you and he has a way of calibrating you that you're unaware of and it hurts and it's, it's really just not only painful, but you don't understand what's going on and you feel like there's no reason to keep doing anything of merit. Why do I even wake up? Why am I doing this? Why, 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 why? You can ask, you can present the question why to everything in life. But the, the overarching theme here is there's something that you're working onto. If you're trying to be your best self, that is a mission in and of itself for you and I and Ian every single day of our lives. And there may be right now nothing that you're looking forward to. Nothing. You feel like tomorrow, I know what's happening. The next day, I know what's happening. And none of it seems enticing or exciting at all. And it's like fucking Groundhog Day every day. But sooner or later, that's going to change. Your life is going to go through a trajectory shift. But you need to become refined right now. You need to develop your best self right now. And these elements that we put in place with regards to staying authentic, interfacing authentically with people, 
These things are components that are going to tether together and create a better you, more refined, established you. It will happen because if you're still waking up, God's not through with you. You've heard that. Now just realize that, understand it, and take it through every single day. You don't understand what's happening. You're not the navigator here, even though you think you are. You're just waking up and going into work, literally and figuratively. But those clock-ins matter. Every day you clock in matters. And the way you treat your fellow employees or your fellow subordinates matter. Because one day you're going to wake up to things that you never thought fathomable. One day you're going to look into opportunities that you never could have constructed on your own accord. One day. Those things are going to happen. You keep working towards them. You keep believing for more. You keep actively pursuing a specific aim that's challenging. And that derives meaning. You'll wake up to more than you could ever assume was even possible. But you have to keep running the race. Fucking keep running the race. Keep waking up on autopilot every day. Trust me, it's not done in vain. It's never done in vain. Ian. Fuck me, I think we've exercised the demons today, haven't we? <sighs> Tell them where they can find you. Come and find me. I'll tell you. Um, you can basically just go to iansolano.co.uk or my social networking tabs are up there. You know what to do. Um, go on Spotify. Um, I'm a verified artist, darling. Um, this is the only time that I'll ever uh, promote myself uh, with no humility whatsoever. Um, and Instagram, Ian Solano. I'm not on Facebook because they think that I'm an 11 year old and they still haven't verified my age yet. So bollocks to Facebook. Instagram's the way forward. Um, Twitter, Twitter, or Twitter, if you're an asshole. Um, I'm on there, DJ Ian Solano. That's before I wanted to just call myself Ian Solano. And that's about it. So yeah, come and find me. I dare you. We'll have a look. There you have it. Done.